Good evening, climbers. It's Patrick James here with episode three of From the Bottom Two. This is our introduction to meditation podcast. And before we get into the show, I just want to let you guys know big news. We're on iTunes and Stitcher now. I will put links to both in the show notes. If you get a chance, you like the show, please go over there. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a good rating. Leave me a review. So that more people can get into the show. The better reviews, the more visibility we'll have, the more people we can help. Also, I want to apologize again a little bit for the sound quality. I'm still working out some of the kinks with the recording process. This part is going to sound a lot better than the podcast. Next episode is going to be the same, but the episode after that, I promise you, is going to sound much, much better. Once again, big thanks to Charlie Turner for providing me with the music for this show. Without further ado, from the Bottom 2 Podcast, Episode 3, Introduction to Meditation. And welcome back to the third, third, man, that's crazy, episode of the From the Bottom to Podcast. I'm Patrick James, your host extraordinaire, or unextraordinaire, eh, however you want to call it. So today we are going to be talking about something that I find very interesting. It's meditation. Uh, it's going to be a little intro to it. And I'm also going to be going over the goals that I set last week, and we're going to talk about how well I did. And um, that's going to be a weekly feature of the podcast is taking those goals, either adding to them, subtracting from them, and letting you know how they go. Um, I'm also going to be covering in this intro to meditation some of the uh, resources that I've been using to get into it, the reason I started doing it, and some of the science that's actually now coming out that was a main influence of me getting into this. So let's get started. The first thing we're going to talk about is there's a couple of different types of meditation. There's the the two that I know most people will know and the ones that I know best are the Buddhism or mindfulness meditation, which is the one I am currently doing and a little more familiar with. And then there's the transcendental or Hindu mantra-based uh, meditation. If you are interested in transcendental meditation, make sure you check out, um, there's a lot of good resources online and a lot of really good books on TM, Transcendental Meditation. But for the purposes of this, I'm going to be covering the, the mindfulness meditation. Uh, there's a number of reasons for that. The first one is, is that's the one I'm doing, the one that I was introduced into first that made sense to me. I had, over the course of years, tried different kinds. I remember there was a kick I was in back in, I want to say like 2006, when meditation was really first starting to catch any sort of traction here in the United States. And I tried one of the, some of the mantra-based ones and some of the very spiritual, like, foopy power crystal type meditation where it was focused on like exhale the bad feelings out of your system. And I actually tried it. That's the crazy part. <laughs> Needless to say, it didn't work that well. So um, I kind of put it away for a while, but in the last two to three years, there's been a lot of breakthroughs in the scientific field on meditation. They've actually been doing studies on this and, and we'll go into that a little bit. So the first place that I kind of got the bug for this, the, the, that knowledge bug that made me want to research it and do more was after I read the book 10% Happier by Dan Harris. Now, Dan Harris is an on-air anchor for Good Morning America on, I believe, ABC. I'm not a big news watcher. I, I read most of my news. So I've, I don't know if I've actually seen him outside of some of the short video clips that he's had because he inter interviews some very interesting people like Deepak Chopra and Eckhart Tolle and the Buddha or no, I'm sorry. And the Dalai Lama. So there's some really great interviews out there. You can, you know, type in Dan Harris interview and there'll be a whole list of stuff. And his book basically went over his 
entire life story, uh, starting off as like a minor level journalist and working his way up, getting to Boston and then getting, you know, into the big league, going to New York City, working with Peter Jennings. And a lot of his story that resonated with me, I mean, not only the fact that he's a media type, that's clearly what I'm looking to do with my life. He was the first person I ever heard that mentioned this voice in your head. And that's what got me really, really intrigued when it came to, to, to meditation is because I've always had that voice in my head. And my voice in my head is a goddamn bastard. He is constantly telling me that I'm not good enough, not smart enough, not attractive enough, overweight. You know, it even tells me at times to kill myself. It's, it's a brutal, brutal bastard. And it's something that I've been dealing with for a really, really long time. I mean, this is going back to being 12, 13, 14 years old. And I'm sitting here with this voice in my head telling me, oh, you can't get that girl. Oh, you can't make that team. Oh, you can't do that. And I had moments of trial over it. Like I was a reasonably successful baseball player until I got really overweight about age 23. And after that, I went and did Taekwondo for five years. I was very successful at that. I always struggled with certain social interactions. Like I made friends very easily, but I also alienated people very quickly, um, especially women for multiple reasons. It's gotten a lot better. I mean, obviously I'm engaged now, so something went right, but it was a really tough journey and every failure would just add to the volume of the voice in the head. Like, oh, you're, you're stupid. You're worthless. What are you, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And I would never, ever heard anybody talk about quieting that voice, just taking the, the, as Dan Harris says, taking the fangs out of the voice in your head. After going through what I've gone through my whole life, I was absolutely intrigued. It was just like, wow, I thought I was crazy. Like I legitimately thought I was crazy. Because you always hear, you know, in the movies and in, in media, oh, well, you know, from classic media, I mean, if you grew up in the 70s and 80s, like I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and, you know, my father grew up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, you, you hear, oh, you got voices in your head, you're talking to yourself, you must be crazy. Well, <laughs> turns out, everybody has that running dialogue with themselves. Not everybody has it being such a horrible, brutal bastard as mine was, but everybody has some level of a running dialogue in their head. So after reading his book and hearing his story and how he dealt with, you know, getting into meditation, and if you have a chance, I highly recommend the book. It's a very quick read. He also does a great interview on the Art of Charm podcast that will get you into the book. It's, it's really, really fascinating stuff. If you're a skeptic, if you're somebody who doesn't want to be like, oh, everything is good and beautiful, and you want to actually have some sort of tangible help in your life. So I um, decided after that that I was going to do a little bit more research, get into meditation. So I went and downloaded the Headspace app, which is an app you can get on like your iPhone, Android device. And one of the main influences of Dan Harris was a Dr. Joseph Goldstein. So I downloaded his book that I'm currently reading. So this this is, like I said, an intro to meditation. This isn't going to be the, the full out shebang because honestly, I haven't finished reading that book. But I have done the full 10 days of Headspace. And that's a cool app. You try it out. It gives you 10 days and then they want you to pay for it. I'm broke. F that. I'm not paying for it. But it does give you a nice little starting point on learning what you're kind of supposed to be doing when it comes to meditation. I'm still learning and it's very, very fascinating to me. And I'll, I'll get into what it's doing and what I feel like the experience is a little later when we go over how my my tasks are doing. So what's been going on and the reason I'm so excited about this and want to share it now is because there's actually been some really good scientific studies done on the benefits of meditation. Um, a lot of these are, they're starting to do RCT, randomized control trials, and a lot of different studies to find a lot of different benefits. And a couple, I'm going to highlight a couple that I found very interesting. The first one I found was done by the U.S. Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality. And they found that meditation reduces multiple negative dimensions of psychological stress. There's actually 
a whole journal about this in JAMA Internal Medicine number 174. And it's really cool because you think about it, psychological stress is something that everybody has to deal with on an everyday basis, be it with your family members, your friends, your coworkers, money. Money is a horrible stressor that I struggle with frequently. All of these things add psychological stress to your life. And then psychological stress can have actual physical negative ramifications to your life. You get sick, uh, you get depressed, and depression manifests a whole bunch of different symptoms, including feeling like you're running a low-grade fever all the time, never wanting to get out of bed. But I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so hearing that it could you know, have an impact on stress levels, like, oh my God, that's amazing. There's also been multiple studies that show its reduction in depression symptoms. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. And managing stress, which is something that I have always struggled with. And I know a lot of people have struggled. You just struggle with dealing with stress. You don't know what's a good outlet for it. I've had a couple in my life. I always used to be one of those people that would take all my stress and frustrations out onto the athletic arena. It made me a good athlete, but sometimes a bear of a person to deal with. I remember, especially in my younger teenage years, when the hormones were also interacting with all of this depression and, and things that I deal with that I would get thrown out of games. I I remember one particularly epic blowout. Uh, I had gotten tossed out of a game a little unjustly by a umpire, but (laughs) what I did after that very much earned the boot. I just lost my cool 100%. I wound up cursing one of my teammates, cursing at their mother, staring at the umpire, threatening. It was it was bad. Like if I was an adult at that point in time, I was only 17, I probably could have been arrested. It was it was pretty terrible. So I don't want I didn't ever want that to be part of who I was. So later in life after I got done with my baseball years at about the age of 23, I decided to go into martial arts, which is great fun. I actually did taekwondo for 5 years. Not only did it help me lose a lot of weight, make a lot of really good friends, but it was a fantastic outlet for any anxiety, stress, anger that I'd been dealing with in in the prior week. The problem with that was, is it got really, really expensive when you're only making 25 grand a year, 120 bucks a month, a lot to throw down on. So since that time, and I stopped taking Taekwondo about six years ago when I decided to move to New Hampshire, I haven't really had any good, solid outlets for my stress. So it would manifest in physical ailments. I'd get sick. I wound up working a job that the stress wore me down so much that I wound up getting an ulcer and then missing a ton of time. And because I hadn't been there long enough, I couldn't get the FMLA and they wound up firing me, which led to more stress. And which, if you listen to the first podcast, led to my eventual mental breakdown, which kind of set me on the path. So, I mean, if you think about it, yeah, the stress (laughs) led to a good thing in my life, but wouldn't it be so much nicer if I didn't have to deal with it in the first place? I mean, that's what I was hoping for. So, all these these really excite me. Um, there have also been some study done by uh, Chambers, Lowe, and Allen on emotional regulation and how therapy and cognitive research using meditation can actually improve those baseline feelings and the baseline emotional regulations that you have. I know one of the things that has bit me with depression is I've at times when it's reared its ugly head a little bit more, I have a very difficult time controlling my emotions. Like I'll cry at things that aren't sad, get angry at things that shouldn't annoy me. And just generally would throw me on a roller coaster of up and down for no particular reason. It's pretty cool. Now I know what you're saying. Like, you know, they, 
not every test is legitimate. There are biases and improper testing and things that are done. But, and I, I, I agree with you, like that's a real problem. A lot of exams and studies aren't done properly or are biased because they are produced by people who have a vested interest in the subject matter. What got me really excited was that I found a review study, a review panel from Johns Hopkins University led by a Dr. Madhav Goyal that basically went in and found that, yes, a lot of these studies were poorly designed, weren't enough people, didn't have the double-blind control studies that makes a good science, you know, a good scientific trial good. And they, they did find that. However, in that same study, which appeared in the January or yeah, the January 2014 issue of JAMA Internal Medicine, the same study found that it was at least moderately useful in treating depression, anxiety, and pain, which is great. They found it to be at a 0.3 effectiveness ratio, which sounds pretty low until you realize that's the exact same score they give to medical antidepressants that they're constantly handing out for this sort of issue, and I am no longer interested in after my issues with them. So a lot of really exciting medical and scientific knowledge is coming into this whole meditation thing. So I keep talking about it. I, I told you about the benefits of it. Now I'm going to give you a quick rundown on how you're quote unquote supposed to do it. Now, mind you, take this with a grain of salt. I just started and I'm kind of just parroting other information that I have heard and what I am currently doing. Basically, all you have to do is find a quiet space, sit down, regulate your breathing in and out in through the nose, out through the mouth, which if you've done any sort of martial arts, that's a very normal, like when you're, it just helps your body regulate the oxygen more efficiently. It works when you're, you know, kicking and punching from tightening up and getting all the lactic acid built up. It also is a good place to focus on. And that's what you're doing in meditation is you're just focusing on in, out, in, out. And you're going to get distracted. That's part of the meditation process is you're going to get distracted. You're going to start thinking about the bills you have to do, or, you know, you saw a cute girl walking down the hall the other day in school, or, you know, your boss is being a real dick to you. That's okay. You just go, oh, sidetrack and focus right back on your breath in, out, in, out. And you're sitting down with your eyes closed. You now it's very important to be sitting down and not lying down because since your eyes are closed and you are really just focusing on your thoughts, it's very easy to fall asleep. And I've even fallen asleep once or twice sitting up and doing this. So it is a real thing falling asleep. So please be sitting up while you're doing this. And that's it. You're basically just, you set a time limit. I started off at 10 minutes using that Headspace app, which again is a great way to learn the models, like the, the procedure of how to meditate in this way. And I just do it every day, 15 minutes. You know, uh, I started at 10, I bumped it up to 12, did that for a couple of days. Now, every morning before I go to work, 15 minutes, I sit there and I just focus on my breathing, focus on my breathing. Try to, anytime I get distracted, bring it right back, bring it right back. Works really good. So that's my intro to meditation. If you have any comments, concerns, questions, please make sure you hit me up on any of the ways to get a hold of me. Twitter at PJ Voiceworks, Facebook, facebook.com backslash DJ Patrick James, or on my website, pjvoice.net, which will have a contact and bio section that you can get a hold of me for. So on to part two of the podcast, what we're going to talk about now is the, I outlined in last episode, three 
habits that I want to start doing. The first of which was the meditation. The second of which was walking around the block, getting physical activity. For me, it's walking around my block, which is about a mile long. And the third was drinking water. And I would love to sit here and tell you that I succeeded wholeheartedly. Everything was great. I did it 100%. I'm not going to lie to you, though. That's not who I am. So we'll start with the meditation thing. And that's been really good, actually. I, I Like I was just mentioning, I do that every single morning for about 10 to 15 minutes. I can't say that the, I know any sort of like 100% tangent, like, yes, this is 100% helping me out. I'm not going to say that. What I have found is it's a little easier for me to regulate my emotions, which is very important to me. I found it a little bit easier to deal with difficult people because you realize with a lot of the teachings, and I also highly recommend if you're doing this to do some research and read about the spiritual side of it, even if you're not interested in it, just to get an idea of where the practice comes from and what it's what it's trying to do on its basis level. And then you can use that to kind of apply it to what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. So, so far that's been, like I said, really good. I'm going to keep doing it. I hope that it will have some sort of like tangible, like I can definitely tell you, yes, 100%. This is what it does. This is what it does for me. This is great, but I can't do that yet. But I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm enjoying the research. I'm enjoying the process of doing it every morning. It's a little weird to talk about with people. Like my fiance gives me a little bit of junk about it because she's not really interested in it. And you'll get some of that, but that's okay. Like people are going to think weird regardless of what you do. You'd be like, I go home and play video games all day. And somebody's like, well, you're a friggin' loser. Well, you might be right, but you know what? I'm happy. So kiss my boss. Number two, the water drinking. And that was one of the ones I, that, that was one I was thought I was going to have the most difficulty with because I've always been a soda drinker. When I was growing up, actually, I, I shouldn't say always. When I was growing up, it was juice and water and milk. Like that's all my parent. My mom did not let me or my brothers have soda. Uh, then I went to college and my first semester at college, I do not know how I lived through it. I basically sustained myself on nothing but Chef Boyardee and Pepsi. I was literally like brushing brown out of my teeth every single day. It was friggin' gross. Um, it also led to me gaining a whole bunch of weight after high school. At what point I switched to just diet soda. So I drank Diet Mountain Dew and energy drinks once that fad came out like a champ. I could probably knock back a 12 pack of Mountain Dew or Diet Mountain Dew. No problem whatsoever. So I thought that was going to be really difficult, especially with the massive change in caffeine levels that were going to be in my system. But so what I'm doing now is I have either a cup of coffee or one of my energy drinks once in the morning. And then I, I wound up getting a water bottle and I fill it up with water. Most of the time I add one of those like, you know, water flavor things because like I said, I came from drinking soda. The sweetness is still something I'm, I'm going to struggle with for a little bit, but I'm getting better. It's not every single time now, but that's been really good. Outside of the negative effect, of, I have to pee a lot. I'm sweating better, which I know sounds weird. I'm a bigger dude. I sweat a lot. So when your sweat's coming out, you can tell because you have the stuff to sweat because if you need to sweat and you don't have liquid in your system or, or you're not hydrated properly, it really just kicks your butt and you feel like garbage. I'm sleeping a little bit better. I'm not sure if that's based to the meditation or to the changing of the lack of caffeine, but that's a that's a real big plus. I This one I can 100% say was a great idea on my part. I am so glad I started drinking water. I can actually... If you hear that, have it sitting right next to me pretty much all the time now. I'm never thirsty anymore. I very rarely have dry mouth. It's great. The one I did fail on was walking. Uh, that was good for about three days. And I, I decided I was like me and my, my fiance, we're going to go take our dog for a walk every day around the block. Just one or two times, you know, easy peasy. Get outside for 15 minutes to a half hour. Just enjoy the, you know, because the weather is getting nice. I'm in upstate New York. It's finally starting to switch over to spring, summer weather. 
And it was really good for about four days. And then my fiance got a little sick. And when she got sick, I stopped going. That's bad on me. I 100% accept that. I take the fault on that one. But like we said in our last episode, a big part of changing these habits and forming good new habits is forgiving yourself and trying again. So I'm going to start trying again soon. I'm going to try this time without requiring somebody else to do it with me. I think that was the big stumbling block on the last one. But I will report back to you on that next week along with the meditation and drinking water updates. Now, if you have any habits that you are changing and you're having really good success with and you want to share, once again, please hit me up on any of my social networks. Email me. I will very gladly respond to you. We can we can talk about this and you know, I'll if your story is good, I'll feature you right on the podcast. I'll tell, you know, other people about some of the successes you're having it. I'm, I'm excited to be doing this for myself, but I'm also very excited to be doing this for you. I want you guys to really be in this with me. I mean, not only do I need the support system because let's face it, I'm a bitch sometimes, but I want to be your guys support system too. I'm very excited about this. So that's it for this week. This is from the bottom to podcast. I'm Patrick James. Make sure you hit up my Facebook page backslash DJ Patrick James. Check me out on Twitter at PJ VoiceWorks or Hit up my website where you can find this podcast at pjvoice.net. Have a great week and keep on climbing out of that hole.